to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And this is our top 10 of 2021 countdown. Uh, we, we have seen quite a few movies this year that uh, we, we feel like we have a pretty comprehensive top 10 list. Um, and so we're going to start at number 10 and kind of work our way down, uh, alternating. We'll, we'll probably have some overlap, which means that uh, we may not have as much to say every single time that we, we say we're a, a movie that is ranked on our list. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of go with it as we go along. So we haven't really talked about um, what is included in our top 10. We probably have sort of an idea, but... Uh, <laughs> Not the full thing. So starting at number 10, um, I'm going to let you go first. Well, I have the only documentary on my top 10 at my 10th spot and the only animated movie, which means that it can be only one movie, which is Flea. I loved Flea. I think that uh, it has a lot to say about our current world. Um, and it says so in a totally unique way that I feel like hasn't been really done before. So that's why I ended up putting Flea on my top 10. Um, Flea is not in my top 10, but uh, this is a fantastic film um, that probably more people should see. Uh, I think the fact that it is an international film probably hurts it, but I think there is on Hulu a dubbed version of it because it's an animated film. It, won't have the the same negative impact that it may, might have if it's a, a live action type film. Um, so even if I, I would watch it with the subtitles, if you're okay doing that, but I think it is worth watching um, even dubbed if uh, just, just to get the story, because it is a very impactful story and it's a interesting concept um, and the way in which it is told, I think, is uh, very, very interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I, it, it would be cool if I, I loved Summer of Soul, but it would be so cool if uh, this film did get an, an Oscar simply because it did get nominated in three. It feels a little bit sad if it didn't doesn't end up with one yeah. of them. Um, and I feel like Summer of Soul has won so much over the course of the year that uh, it would be kind of OK if Flea ended up winning the Oscar here. Yeah. My tenth film is a film that probably hardly anybody has seen, um, but it just had such an impact on me that I I think it is timely, and uh, I was just very very impressed with it. And it is a film called Holler um, by Nicole Regal, and it doesn't really have any big stars, but the reason that I think that it is. Uh, so great is because it tells the story of what it is like to live in the middle and lower class in the United States and trying to make decisions about your life based upon your financial situation and the way in which it integrates our uh, current political climate into this is is just so well done and it even kind of has a little bit of a thriller aspect to it which i think makes it uh even more interesting and so for anybody who hasn't seen it i highly recommend um checking it out 
it is currently on Showtime, um, but you can otherwise rent it on any place that you do video on demand. Wow, yeah, I never had heard about this. Is this a is this a director who's made other things or? The... Uh, this is a directorial debut. Um, she was nominated for uh, a Independent Spirit Award for this film, um, and as a, I can't remember if she got nominated for uh, first time screenplay or first time direction, but she she was uh, nominated. Um, it would have been first first feature, best first feature. She was nominated, wow. um, but yeah, it's a a really great film, and I, I highly recommend it to anybody who who likes stuff about uh, kind of just the world and a political climate, but does have a little bit more edginess to it to to keep you engaged. Cool, I'm excited to watch it. Um, well, that brings up my number nine pick, which for me is the tragedy of Macbeth. I am a big sucker for Coen Brothers movies. It's, of course, the first movie that they have not been working on together. And uh, I, I still love this movie. I, I think that in a lot of ways is, to me, not so much about the story, you know, because I, I know the story. Um, to me, it is about the performances, the choices made to uh, capture those performances um, and the cinematography uh, have a huge role in me loving this movie as much as I do. Um, I also enjoyed the fact that uh, this is a cast so, so that it's an older Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Usually it's a younger couple. Um, and I thought that that was an interesting choice um, to kind of talk about the clingingness to power as an older person. Um, I thought that was uh, a unique take. Um, I really did like the tragedy of Macbeth. I think that it maybe didn't live up to my expectations entirely. I, I have seen um, another rendition of this with Patrick Stewart as, uh, as Macbeth. And um, so I kind of have this comparison in my head and this is a, a uh, far superior film in terms of the way that it is portrayed and uh, the budget is much, much higher than the, the other version that I had seen. But I, uh, there was, it almost felt like this version was a little bit too subdued for me. Um, like I, there, it needed a little bit more of a punch to it that just wasn't there. Um, and maybe after repeated viewings, I, I, capture more of that punch but uh there's almost this emptiness to it maybe it's just the way that it is portrayed on kind of this empty uh set um and and so the maybe i wanted more i don't know but uh, i did like it i think that anybody that likes shakespeare um and in particular Macbeth, uh will really really enjoy this experience yeah what did you have at number nine at number nine, I have Spencer. Um, and I know that we have talked about maybe not loving this performance as much as everybody else, but I think there's so much to love about this film. Um, kind of the abstractness uh, at times, 
uh, as well as just the what this I think the cinematography is great. Um, I think the production design is great. I think the score is great. Um, and overall, I think it has pretty solid performances. It also has some scenes with children with the, with her children that I think are some of the best scenes of the year. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I, overall, I think it's an extremely great film and, uh, I think it got overly disrespected when it came to, to the Oscars. And frankly, a lot of the, uh, awards didn't really give it the love that it probably deserved. Yeah, I did not include this on my list. I did like this movie. I didn't like it as much as you did. I think when we reviewed it, we ended up agreeing about a lot of things, but we just kind of landed differently on how we ultimately compared that with other movies or saw its its value. And uh, I, I agree a lot of this cinematography is fantastic in this movie and also just how well they are able to capture tension and the tense uh, aspect of the movie is so tied to her character and what she's experiencing. And a lot of that, the movie feels like that. And so when you talk about that scene, those scenes with the children, those are those movies where that tension kind of, the air comes out of the, the, the bubble and it releases the tension. And uh, even though there's an undertone of kind of, you know she still feels like she's having to put on a performance you also get the sense that she's feeling relaxed in that scene and so it, I, again i agree it's one of the best scenes of, of the year yep yep all right so at number eight what do you have number eight i have the movie the last duel we talked about this during our oscar uh prediction podcast that i think this movie got pretty disrespected i think that the narrative around it got so caught up in it being a story about a sexual assault a rape that it a lot of people who hadn't even seen the movie were already discrediting it and uh i think that it was a movie that i even saw some of the reactions as as it became available on streaming how people were like, actually, this movie is way better than I expected. And um, I, I think that in terms of just narrative storytelling, it is uh, fairly unique. I don't think it is the most unique narrative of the year in terms of how it's structured, but I think it's pretty, pretty dang unique. And uh, I really like the performances. I think the direction is, is superb. I think that the pacing is actually pretty good given the fact that it's a long movie and often can feel pretty slow. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I also have it at number eight. Um, so we can talk about this here together. Uh, I agree with nearly everything that you said. Um, I almost wonder if this movie would have done better if Ridley Scott hadn't released House of Gucci this year as well. Going into the year, it felt like House of Gucci was clearly the movie that everybody was posturing as the going to be the better of the two films. And um, it's almost like everybody just wrote off the last duel as, oh, well, he's going to have his better movie coming out later. And so then it just never could get the traction that it needed in order to be successful. But uh, this is, I think, the type of movie that I'm going to be thinking about for 
many years beyond this one, just because it does have excellent performances. It's a very unique um, concept in the way that it is told. And uh, it just has very high production value. Um, so yeah, I really did really loved the, the last duel. And for a while, uh, I mean, this was an earlier release, but this was my top movie of the year. Um, and, uh, so that, that shows that it, this year I think was a really good year for movies. And so it being number eight on my list, um, I kind of feel like between nine and eight, there's a, a definite tier jump. Um, and I think everything from last duel up is a movie that I would consider in contention for being the best movie of the year. I, I think that I'm right there with you. The, this year has been so good and not to say that tragedy of Macbeth and fleet, I don't think are obviously I put them on my top 10, but like it does get to another level here. And I was at a point just recently where I was rearranging things and I was like, dang, this is tough because it's a lot of really good movies. Uh, so am I at number eight or number, oh, number seven? Yep. I've pig as my seventh movie of the year. Um, this is a movie that we saw together. Uh, I, even though the gentleman behind us was uh, concerned with being able to get anything from the movie, I got a lot from this movie. Uh, this movie has a lot to say about uh, life as we live it right now in the 21st century and the um, issues that affect us, but more importantly, kind of the importance of being present, I think, and also valuing what you have, valuing the relationships you have, so much about connection between humans. And uh, this is, I think maybe, it, it's not to the same degree, but there should be like a, a category or like a series of movies that are movies about f food or where food plays a big role in the movie. And I would want this to be part of the same series as Chef. That would be a really cool uh, uh, double feature. And uh, yeah, Pig Pig is a great movie. Performances are really good. Uh, Nick Cage actually, I think, gives a one of the better performances he's had in a long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is not in my top 10, and uh, it's just outside of my top 10. Uh, I think this movie probably suffered a little bit from in my list from coming out earlier in the year. Um, and maybe after another viewing, I'd want to move it up uh, because I, I think we both walked away pretty surprised at how much we liked this film. Um, he, I, I, we had high hopes because it had been getting good reviews, but I think it connected with us on a different level than we were expecting because it, it was sold in a way by the trailer that made it seem like a different movie than it ended up being. And um, yeah, it, it has a lot deeper message. And um, I think that something that we keep coming back to a lot in movies that we like are movies that are about just kind of the, the humankind and the, the things that make us human. And mm -hmm. I think this film does uh, a really good job of kind of unpacking some of those things. Um, there's some extremeness to this, uh, but overall it's just a very entertaining film that I think the majority of people probably would like. I, I, I would actually say this is 
um, one of the more recommendable movies on my top 10. Yep, I agree. All right, at number seven, um, I'm kind of surprised that it ended up dropping down to number seven, but I have The Power of the Dog um, as my number seven film. Um, this is kind of moved back and forth a little bit within my my top 10 at times it's been up near one uh and this is kind of where it ended up falling uh and i think it's just because this is a fairly subtle film there i i there are a lot of absolutely amazing things about it but um it doesn't necessarily for me have the punches that the films above it have, but from a, the standpoint of uh, just filmmaking um, this is done to near perfection. Uh, and so it just comes down to kind of preference and uh, what stuff I liked better than other stuff. Um, but we, we've talked a lot about the power of the dog over the course of our shows um, and I know that we both really, really loved this film. And I will wait to say more about Power of the Dog. I, I, I figured as much. Okay, uh, number six for you. I have Nightmare Alley, which I suspect will be higher on your list, but I, I don't know for sure. Nightmare Alley actually was higher on my list originally. I moved it down after uh, rethinking some things. I, I love this movie. I think that um, as we talked about, in previous podcasts, uh, this is a uh, movie that I think is so much about um, our the way faith plays a role in our our lives, the way that um, the the wanting to believe that there is something better for us, and I think the way that capitalism is kind of interlaced with that in this narrative is really great. Um, you talked about with Pig how we respond well to movies that talk about our how humans interact and the truth of that. I think we also respond well to movies that talk about political issues, major uh, things that impact the way we interact. And uh, this movie, almost every scene says something, I think, about um, what how political systems impact the way we uh, interact as a, uh, as a society. So um, uh, even though it dropped down on my list, I, I still love this movie. And I will refrain because yes, it is a little bit higher on my list. Um, so I will introduce my sixth film, which is The French Dispatch. Um, the French Dispatch is probably one of the most innovative innovative films I have ever seen in terms of the way that it is um, put together on nearly every production level. Um, this is one that uh, in from our Oscar show that I, I probably should have even considered for editing because the editing of this film is pretty fantastic. Um, the... <laughs> It, basically everything about this this is pretty good um i think narrative wise it, it doesn't maybe have the narrative that allows 
for us to connect with it like some of the other films on our list here um, just because it is kind of broken up but it fits what it is trying to do in kind of presenting almost this magazine like style um, and telling different little kind of vignettes um, and, and I just really enjoyed the experience and it's one of those movies that I think as I have gotten further away from it I've actually liked more just because of how well done the film is. I, I will say more about this later because it is higher on my list. But one thing I want to just say is when I talked about a movie having a really unique structure, I think this is the movie that has the most unique structure of the year. And a lot like just the idea that a movie can be more than just one story and we can see how multiple stories work together. Um, I, I, I thought that was just really well done. All right, so that was your number six, right? Number six, yep. Okay. So my number five then is Come On, Come On. Um, we both love this movie. Um, it started pretty high because there was still a, not, a, a ton of stuff I'd seen yet. And it, I was bummed to see it continue to drop because I liked it so much. But uh, it just as a testament to how much I like the other movies above this. Uh, Come On, Come On has stellar performances it is a movie that i think it is the movie maybe that is the most human um of um the movies on my top 10 and uh while it is uh maybe a movie that not everyone will love i think it's a movie that most everybody could connect to um because it, it had it is so universal and is actually a movie that to me while it tackles some kind of difficult uh issues about our future i think it's very hopeful and um that was a nice movie to see in a time in our current time that it's hard to to see that hope sometimes um yeah uh i i have this movie up a little further um, so I am going to put a pause there and I'm going to, I think we're, we're going to have this kind of staggered, <laughs> uh, grouping of movies here. Um, so at number five, I have the worst person in the world. Um, I absolutely loved this film and, uh, as, as it was playing out the first time that I saw it. And then as it ended, um, it, it just has this special feel to it. Uh, and I think we maybe talked about this in the last show that, um, it's not an overly original concept in terms of what it's trying to tell us. Uh, but the way in which it does and how captivating um, Renata Ranzva is as this, this main character, and then actually both of the two love interests that we, we get to see play out, um, they're both very captivating as well. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a special film that I think I am going to continue, continue to come back to for many years to come and still enjoy watching it every single time. Uh, they, it, it does some weird things with the, the structure. Um, and 
it, it, in a way, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Stranger Than Fiction mm. um, because of the way that it uses the narrator and uh, kind of plays it out like this book. Um, and yeah, it, I, I think that is one of the more unique films of the year. Uh, and as I said in my my Oscar our Oscar predictions, I really, really hope this somehow pulls up an pulls off an upset because this screenplay is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And I will talk about it more in just a little bit, but I think that the uh, comparison to uh, Stranger Than Fiction is actually really solid, especially in some of the direction choices. There's a scene that's kind of shown in the, the, the trailer of where she's kind of running through a frozen world and kind of playing with, because this movie is very realistic in some ways, but also very heightened in its uh, flexibility to be comedic in a way that we don't see in the real world and uh, or, or to be dramatic in a way that we don't see in the real world as well. And so that was cool. I thought that was well done. And yeah, so I'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, not too much more here in just a little bit. Uh, my number four pick then is The French Dispatch. Um, I, we've talked about this a, a bunch already, so I'm not going to uh, say a lot here, but, uh, this is creeping up there to be one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. Uh, we just did our rewatch of Wes Anderson last year, and maybe that's a reason why I enjoy this movie as much as I did. I think it is a reason maybe why I like it more than maybe other people like it. Um, but I, I, Part of why I was, I think, moved by it a lot was uh, having at least somewhat of a, a background in journalism and seeing how much this movie felt like an ode to how, um, how important the editor is behind the story, the person that's making that story possible. It, it felt like we, the, this movie was all about trying to recognize the people that give writers and creators a chance to tell their story, you know? And in some ways it's very meta in that uh, Wes Anderson is kind of giving these characters, these fake characters, their chance to shine in their different way. And it's not focusing on just one, it's focusing on a lot of people. And uh, that I think was uh, moving not only because it, it, I have that value, but also because um, we're in a world where we take creators for granted, um, especially because uh, we just want to consume so much content now that we kind of forget all of the people that are behind that that project that made it possible. So that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I know I've already said a little bit about this, but um, the the format though definitely allows for them to play with a lot of different things and uh it really kind of plays into uh Wes Anderson's wheelhouse and maybe more than any of his other films this is such an ambitious project mm -hmm. uh just from every aspect of it um the production value was very high it had just an enormous cast of stars right. um and then 
because it is each each feature was a little bit different and kind of told in a little different way um it, it allowed him to play kind of with the the way that the narrative plays out so um yeah it, this is a great movie um and it's not going to be for everybody but uh if you like kind of a creative concept uh it's definitely worth watching all right my number four sort of surprised me as I was really reflecting back on this year. Um, and this is a film that has jumped up significantly from the first time that we saw it. Uh, Cause we saw this together and it is Titan. Um, Titan is, it is so original that I, I just can't shake it. Um, and it is once again, another beautiful vision from the who made raw, uh, she is a fantastic director. And I think maybe as I left the theater the first time, I was a little bit shaken by just how bizarre it was. And so I didn't let myself like it as much as I actually ended up liking it. Um, but I just think this is a special film uh, that, that gets so many things right. Um, and once you kind of wrap your head around what is actually happening here, um, it, it has a lot to say. And uh, I think that has two of the best performances of the year um from its two main leads and uh just has some really pretty incredible scenes um so i have Titan here at number four in my top 10 yeah I, I i it's just outside of my top 10 i'm really happy that you put it on your top 10 though because i i think that it it deserves a lot of recognition and it, i think that it would be uh it would be a shame if people just saw it as a strange movie, because I think it is, if you can kind of get beyond the strangeness of it, uh, it feel it's an emotional movie. Like it, it, you, you get invested in both of the main characters and more so than I was expecting to, given how, given, given the fact that who she is, who she's established to be in that story from the beginning, you're not supposed to like her. And yet you get a feeling of uh, investment with her and the the father figure character as well. So yeah, I, I'm happy you got that on there. All right, so top three here. Th number three is worst person in the world. And um, I know I talked about this a little bit already, but uh, I have, particularly am um, so drawn to movies where you can feel some unique chemistry happening between actors. And there is some moments of true kind of romantic chemistry between Renata Rines. And I can't, I don't know the other male, one of the other male actors names, I should know it, but uh, it's, it's the sequence that she's at the, she's crashed the party and there's just the way that you see those actors perform, you get caught up in it. And um, that's the sort of thing that you want to feel when you're in a movie is to just feel caught up. You almost forget that you are watching a movie. You, you see that person as a real person. Um, and I think it helps that 
this movie doesn't avoid some ugliness in a way, but it doesn't, it also isn't, it doesn't make excuses for ugliness, but it also is not blaming people for the ugliness as well. It just kind of takes people as they are. And one element of that is that one of the characters kind of puts his foot in his mouth through an interview process where he's, he's being attacked as being sexist and, and legitimately so, but you still, you still see him as a whole person. You don't see him for being just that guy. And it helps because you get to see kind of where he's come from too. And I think that it's nuanced because of having that aspect and um, a lot of, uh, and that's not the only aspect, but a lot of things in it create that nuance within the storytelling. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and you you talk about the chemistry, um, even though they're not the same. Uh, I felt the same way about the chemistry in the miniseries normal people Mm -hmm. um and kind of just you just you just believe it you believe it and like you're you're there for it and like you almost feel like you're a part of both of these characters and like you can feel just the the attraction uh coming out of of these performances and um yeah the the sequence that you're talking about i think is probably my favorite sequence in the film just because it's so real um and there is a rawness to it uh where they they both are kind of putting themselves out there in a vulnerable sort of way and they let these vulnerabilities uh kind of show um and so yeah it's it's a wholly unique uh way of presenting romance um and yeah i it it is a really great film Mm -hmm. my number three is come on come on um and i i this to me i think being somebody who has a interest in the npr show this american life uh, that's kind of the way this film is set up. Um, it kind of has like this, this American, like that's sort of what the Joaquin Phoenix character's job is, is to present um, these, these special interest stories about a certain topic in kind of diving in and talking to real people about this. And um, in, at its core, that's kind of what this is about is just being a human being living life in the United States and how they're based upon where you live, you have different experiences and based upon, based upon your age, you have different experiences. Um, but also kind of normalizing some things that, that in particular mental health, something that is a very important issue to me and something that I think about a lot. Um, I think that, this film does a really good job of kind of capturing mental health and how that has an impact on not only that person, but other people and how somebody's mental health can, uh, mental health issues can create mental health issues for other people as a result. Um, Even though 
it's not really their fault. Right. Uh, and, and I, I just think this is a really special movie. Um, and it has outstanding performances. Um, we haven't really talked about this yet, but I think Gabby Hoffman has one of the better supporting actress performances of the year. Uh, and it, it's kind of understated um, and gets drowned out by both Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman in this film who are stellar. Um, but yeah, there, there was very, very little to, to dislike about this film. Um, and I, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but uh, I think that nearly anybody that likes a drama um, can find something to like about this, this. And I guess one other thing that I hadn't mentioned yet that sets this movie apart is it does blend documentary in some ways yeah. into the storytelling. And um, I, don't, I guess I don't know what else you would call it other than documentary because yeah. they're, they're real people, but they're real kids that they're interviewing and uh it makes everything else in the movie feel that much more real i agree and uh yeah it's it's a great movie all right not my number two pick this was my favorite movie of the year i still think that this is a perfect movie power of the dog is my number two movie i uh i've talked a lot about this movie we've talked a lot about this movie i think the only thing that I will say is that I feel this movie is one that would uh, feels most like it has uh, an inspiration from like Hitchcock or it feels like an older movie in the sense that it is it is so carefully crafted nothing is wasted in the movie um everything feels important. You don't feel insulted as a viewer when you're watching this. You uh, get, I think there's almost a satisfaction from you that you're, you're having to kind of pay attention and see how the pieces fit together. And uh, I like, I like a movie that challenges you in that way. And um, the aesthetic, the, the kind of sinister, creepy aesthetic of the movie um, works really well for me and, uh, not to, and also the performances add as, as well. So yeah, power of the dog is, is my number two pick. Um, just kind of one more thing about that from, from my side. Yeah. I don't know that I've quite ever seen a movie like the power of the dog. Um, and I don't know how to quite put my finger on why it's so different, uh, but it, it kind of like hits all of these different turns that, that make it something that sort of transcends the genres that it seems to fit within. Because uh, it, it's not totally with, I mean, it's a drama, but it, it kind of taps into these different genres, but does something different. And it's a little bit of a twist on that. Um, and so I, I just, I just haven't really seen anything quite like it. And I still have only seen this film once and I get the feeling that this is going to be the sort of movie that I will like more and more with repeated viewings um, just because it has a lot packed in there. Um, and like you said, there, there are not really wasted moments. Um, and everything has purpose and meaning. So um, I am I am looking forward to watching that again. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a great film. Uh, if it win, if it ends up winning Best Picture, like we 
we both have projected it to win um, and is a very worthy winner. Um, so at number two, I have West Side Story. Uh, this is a film that I have been, had been anticipating for a very, very long time. Um, basically, since its announcement many years ago that they were going to be making a remake of West Side Story. As a kid, I loved the original West Side Story. Um, and I, I basically knew the story by heart. Um, and I, I wanted to be a part of West Side Story. Uh, so to, to get to see a reimagining of this, um, it, it's, it was maybe a little bit, it's risky because making a, a film again that is beloved like West Side Story was uh, winning Best Picture already. Um, that that's a, a massive risk and uh there is so so many expectations that go along with remaking a film like that and the fact that steven spielberg not only lives up to those expectations but exceeds them is pretty incredible um this is a perfect movie and if I, I could have made an argument for this being the best movie of the year. Uh, and I think the only reason that it is not is because it is a story that I knew so well previously. Um, but everything about it is nearly perfect from the top, top to bottom. Yep. And it is my number one pick. So I, I, uh, I think something that you, you had said about it being, well, I, I think that Steven Spielberg, even though he he picked a movie that had already been successful and he's retelling the story that had already been known, the fact that he was still able to do that and make it work, it's clear that he has a passion for this. And that passion, you see that in the filmmaking. Um, everything is so perfectly choreographed. And I don't mean that in terms of just the dancing. I mean that in terms of the way the camera moves, the editing, the acting, the blocking, everything. Um, Dear Officer Krupke is uh, very interestingly blocked, uh, but similarly to uh, Worst Person in the World, the scene that you just get, you just forget that you're watching a movie is the balcony scene. And I mean, that is just to me what movie making is all about. Um, it, 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 you just get lost in that. You you get uh, enraptured with what these two young people see in each other and that you feel that sense of kind of young love in a way. And I think that is hard to do well. And sometimes it comes off as corny in musicals, but this felt authentic enough and uh, worked. And a big, a big part of that is because of the acting, but I think it's also how it's block, blocked and staged. Um, so, uh, and, and then the last thing I'll say about it is I think the fact that Sp Steven Spielberg has never done anything like this and then he just knocked it out of the park is so cool to me, you know? Like there's people that have made musicals, have spent their whole life interested in musicals and couldn't get anywhere near what this is. And uh, he made sure that it was, still felt like a musical, but it also felt like it was a movie. And that is so important um, 
and and I mean like a really well-made movie too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think the fact that um, we we have seen many times where musicals that have been made into movies just don't translate well, and uh, that yeah, he made this so naturally that I mean I think that both of us could easily make the argument that Steven Spielberg might be the greatest filmmaker of all time. Um, and he has a giant filmography to prove that. And I know that uh, you you're working through the entire filmography this year, uh, likely to um, conclude with uh, the Fablemans. And there's some people that think that might be his last movie. Um, and I, I don't know that it will be, but uh, I don't know if he can stay away, but he may be done after this year. Yeah, that would be wild. He, I mean, he's made uh, countless classics too. So it's, I, I want to see him keep making it, but it would also be cool because he's definitely this, if this is his last, if this was his last movie, this would be a great last movie, you yep. know? Yeah. So West Side Story, uh, absolutely love it. All right, my number one movie, uh, no suspense here. <laughs> it is Nightmare Alley. Um, I absolutely loved every aspect of this movie. Um, the thing I think that kind of takes it over the top for me is that I have not been a particularly big fan of Guillermo del Toro throughout his career. Uh, the types of movies that he typically makes are not my cup of tea. I don't like the kind of fantastical like monster type movies. And this isn't one of those movies. This is a different movie. Uh, but it, I don't think that he could have made it in the way that he made it if he hadn't had that experience in making kind of some more of those fantastical type of movies because that's the feel that this has, even though it is mostly pretty grounded in realism. Um, there isn't there isn't too much about the film that's uh, kind of out of the realm of possibility. Um, and... Uh, the, the thing that it just continues to build toward something and you don't know what that something is uh, until you get to that something. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I just think that it is so well crafted uh, and it very, it could have been very, very easy for this to get messed up somewhere along the way, but it hits every, kind of beat when it needs to hit that beat and um it, it flows really really well and yeah i just it has great performances bradley cooper i think is probably one of my favorite actors of our our time um and i pretty much watch him in anything i just think that he he's very good at what he does and uh this was one of my favorite performances of the year um yeah, I, I loved, loved, loved Nightmare Alley. Yeah, and it, it, I think is, I hope it's one that people come back to and realize that they maybe didn't give it as much credit as it deserved because it is, um, I think it's singular in a lot of ways of how, how, how well it's able to balance a lot of things in the story. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. All right. Well, that kind of wraps things up for the year 
2021. Um, we may have a review coming in the in a few weeks um, for the worst person in the world. I don't know if we'll get to it, but we may. Uh, we said a lot of what we wanted to say about it already, um, so. so we may end up skipping it. But this kind of puts a stamp on 2021. Uh, we've already seen some really good movies in 2022. We want to talk about a few of those. We, we did our, the Batman review, but there's going to be so much. I, I'm really, really excited about this, this upcoming year. Um, and we, we've talked about a marathon this year that I think we're both pretty excited about doing. So we'll announce that here in the coming weeks. Um, and uh, it's been a really fun year. I think that uh uh, we, we got to see a lot of different types of movies and, um, it's just been a fun celebration. So yeah. thank Thanks for joining us this over the course of 2021 and listening to us, uh, just kind of rant about <laughs> the things that we liked and, and at times maybe didn't like from, from the year. Yeah. All right. See you later.